and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Waspcast. With me, Victor Marland, and Sean Holly. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hello, Sean Holly. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Oh, not bad. Not bad, old son. Uh, we were going to be having, I don't know if you know this, Sean, we're having a special guest to help us with the Pengo review later on. None other than popular children's entertainer, famous angry penguin. And also, littered within the podcast, I'll be giving penguin facts. Do you want me to do a first penguin fact? Or are you going to get it anyway? Yes, 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 please. Penguin fact. Penguin fact. World Penguin Day is 25th of April, Sean. Get it on your calendars, kids. Good, good. Is that the biscuit or the actual thing, the actual animal? Doesn't matter. They're both the same, really, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can chew them up and put them on your toast. Have you ever had penguin bi- a penguin biscuit on toast? No, but it sounds intriguing. Deep fried penguin biscuit, have you tried that? Oh, that sounds like a Scottish thing. I would have that, just to try it. And just make mm, sure that... there's a defibrillator next to me while I eat it. No, I haven't tried them, but I bet they're good. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't eat a real penguin, though. I like penguins, they're cool. Yeah, all of them. Some of them are a bit snooty, aren't they? Well, it depends. It depends if the king penguin or not. That's <laughs> the aristocracy of penguins, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, we'll have more penguin off. talk later on. What have you been up to, son? Stones. It's been a month, hasn't it? It's been a whole month. I haven't heard from you much, actually, apart from the old thing no. about penguin scores, pengo scores. Actually. Actually. Looking at all what, what we've been up to, there's nothing of mine. <laughs> what, so I've you haven't been up to been anything? W- you've been standing dormant in the closet somewhere? Like just been a- working, just been working at the club. We're trying to get through. Trying to get, trying to survive this horrible, horrible disease. When, when you're not doing much, does Jan just put you like in the cupboard underneath the stairs with the Hoover and the, the dusters and that? It just turns the light off. You just, doing? It just charges you up. I tell you what, I have been doing. Yeah, I got my cab fixed. Oh, hello. Oh, that's a okay, bit. Baby well, cab. stop. This is the first for the arcade podcast. You talking about arcade workings you've been since you've been off. So explain to listeners what happened to your okay baby cab, your candy cab. Yeah, it's having all sorts of different issues. That it was going out of sync and rolling, 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 rolling. And what I, what I wanted to do anyway, I wanted to rotate it to a vertical monitor. So I tried to rotate it, and I think I pulled. I didn't. Something happened, and I didn't undo all the wires or some of the wires came out something happened right there was a loud bang and some smoke and I kablooey thought, oh, i changed the fuse nothing so what i did i left it for like eight months yeah did that help <laughs> no it's still broke oh really still, yeah i thought the so international what? law of arcading is you leave something for eight months and it fixes itself in the night with pixies yeah. come around or something so i took the power supply into work that was okay I was this the a switching monitor. power supply? You're talking about the monitor power supply. Uh, the, the switching power supply. Yeah. Yeah, and then I took the monitor and the chassis in. Yeah. And that was serviced, and that's now okay. So I don't cool. think it. And then Mark came round. Mark Singer, user tech. Mm-hmm. So shout outs to Mark and Julian. And he rewired everything, and it's come on. He's actually done. He's completely not not the loom, but done all the rewiring on back onto the power supply and yeah. up to the light and the speakers and all that lot. Yeah, and it's come on. Excellent. So I've tried a couple of Pi to Jammer. What do you call them? Images. They're yeah. all right. They're okay. I tried a Pin HP, which is pretty good, but it had some issues. And I tried uh, Rich Chunksin's one, which is called Pi to Jammer Thingy. Something yeah, like that. I think it? I named that. <laughs> we were talking about. Right. I just caught the Pi to Jammer thingy, and it sort of stuck. 
but I thought I'd try a more modern version. So I got Groovy Arcade yeah. and, it, and, and installed that on the PC with a Radeon graphics card, and it's working. There was some issues that Mr. Tronad has helped me out with the CRT range timings. Right, okay. So I've Sounds been, serious. I've, I've input them in because it was just on also. So some of the games were just loading and then losing sync. Right. So since I've finished that, which was yesterday, it's been perfect with the newish version of Mame on it, I think it's... Sounds awesome. 2.20. And if you look at this Groovy Arcade, it's Linux, but under the hood, it's just running Groovy Mame, and they've like wrapped it in Linux so you don't have to put Windows on. Oh, good. So it's just really Groovy Mame, and it's so easy to set up. Is this it's on got... a PC or a Pi, did you say? PC, this is. Oh, okay. Nice one. So I've got, I've just got. Created, so it loads really quick as well. Well, I've got a really slow hard drive. You know, the first one I could find. I might, I might put an SSD in. Yeah, that's pretty it, best. It loads in about, loads in about thirty seconds, and then the games take about five or six seconds to start. It's not too bad. Yeah. So, I've been playing it, and it works. Oh, it's always good to have a case. If you haven't got one, you've only got one, and it doesn't work for you, you can get it back. It must be a godsend. Yeah, it does look. A bit hideous, as we know, it's yellow. Yeah, it's like a, a Murray Mint. And I damaged the <laughs> the plasticky bezel thing getting our monitor out. So that's what did you there. get it out with? A bulldozer? I don't know. I just like dragged it out and bits fell off. I thought I'd be fine. <laughs> I, I can put it back in. It's only like a plasticky thing. Right. Okay. But it's got a rugged. It's like me, my beard. It's got a rugged. You mean rugged, knackered? A knackered rugged appeal. Yeah, awesome. So your cab so, came from the same knackered village you came from in Northampton. I've been playing it. It's great. It's great. It's great to have to sit down in front of a huge monitor and just pick a game and play. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I've been playing quite a lot of Pengo, but I've been playing it mm. on, on near arcade hardware, or as close as I can get. I've been playing it. First started playing it on the ZX Uno, which is an FPGA, <laughs> and it works. There's, there's an image for that, a core for that. Which is pretty good, but that's what I got my top score on actually. But on oh. the ZX Uno, as far as I know, there's not a way of accessing the dip switches. So I was I was playing it on the standard settings, and we were actually playing this game on easy settings. But mm. I don't think there's a lot of difference, you know. I really couldn't tell the difference when oh. I'm playing it too. And then I started playing it on the Mister as well because it's on the Mister and it works nicely on the Mister. The Uno that you know, I know that the Uno that yeah. you know is. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, well, thanks for you finished that. No problem. I, I didn't know why I was going with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about sync problems, the mist, the mister I've been using on the, the CRT on my cab, because I made a little sort of setup for it with a JPack and everything, and uh, an extra, I put an extra amp on there as well, because the sound was quite low on it, because I think it's just out of a, speak, out of a headphone jack. So I've made, I put a little uh, amp on there. You can turn it up and down whenever you want now, and it's much better. Mm. And... Um, the thing is that is uh, quite a lot of the games go out of sync as well. As I was playing on the horizontal machine, and I went to play Kung Fu Master, and that goes out of sync. I was like, hold on a minute, I've actually got the Kung Fu Master PCB, and it works absolutely fine on this cab. And the mist cores are supposed to be so close, you'd think it would be exactly the same. You know, you think it'd be off the screen slightly, and you have to adjust it in, and you know, whatever. It'd be exactly the same as the arcade one, but it isn't unless I've got a setting wrong. And I don't think I have because all the other games are fine on it, and it's the same with the vertical ones. I mean, Pengo worked quite nicely, but other games didn't. I don't think Donkey Kong works. It goes out of sync, and you've got to press the reset button on the Mister to get it back. 
But when you play it on an HDMI screen, it's obviously going through different kind of filters and stuff, and it, it plays everything on there, no problem at all. But obviously, with a CRT, it's a bit more selective, so I'll have to sort of work on that a little bit. But someone sent me an email, really handy. I can't remember who it is at the moment, sorry, but thank you anyway. They sent me an email about how to auto-boot a core on the Mister, because I want it to come up with an arcade game every time I play it. So some have been playing like the, the game of the month, whatever. I'll put it on the Mister, if, it, if it's available on there, and I'll have that come up every time I turn the Mister on, so it's playing the game. And you can always go out of it by pressing the button and go back to the menu and choose another game. But I'd like to have it auto-boot into an arcade game rather than a menu system, because it looks like a, a computer system. I want it to look like an arcade machine. And he showed me how to do it, and I have yet to do it yet, but I will be doing it soon. But that's really helpful, that is, because that, that was the thing that was really mm -hmm. bothering me. Because you can do it with computers and consoles quite easily, but the arcade one, you just got to slightly rename a few things. It's quite easy to do, now I know how to do it. So that's pretty cool. It is the future. I'm, it is. I'm, I'm convinced of it now. But I hope they, they keep plugging away at the ones that aren't quite right, because obviously they need, they need some work, some of them. And I think there's a thing, I'm on the Facebook group for Mr., and it's nearly all talking about consoles and computers rather than arcade stuff. There's hardly any arcade chat on there at all. So someone said, oh, you must report it on the, the GitHub page. So I need to go on there and sort of sort out how to do it on there and tell them what's going on. Because the, the Kung Fu Master is slightly wrong. It's not quite right. Um, but mm. I'm sure they can fix it quite easily. I'm sure they're pretty good. They're pretty talented, those bunch. Ew, yeah. Uh, some crazy things I noticed recently as well. Um, a Vec Fever cart, which is the, the super-duper Thomas Suntowski cartridge you can get for the for the Vectrex. You can play arcade games on it perfectly. Uh, sold on eBay for £1,422. Homina. When they're, I think, 100 or 150 if you actually buy one from Thomas. But he's very selective about who he sells to. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't do it for massive profit. So you know, he he just does them for for price. But yeah, that's like a lot of money, isn't it? Ten times the amount, just about. Yeah. God, yeah, it's incredible. They're so popular, aren't they? Can someone else not make some up? Or is it is it a very specialist? Thing? It's a very specialist thing. What he does, and he's not subbed it out to anyone to do it. Um, and yeah, it's it's just up to him, really. You know, he 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 doesn't really want to sell millions of them. So it's up to him. You can't really do anything about it. But people have been... There's one called the Pytrex, which has just been rolled off. I think they've just made a limited amount now, and they're selling them, or they've sold out already, which you put a Pi Zero into. And what it's mm, doing is it's know. using a Pi as a computer and just using the Vectrex screen and the controls. So it's not using the Vectrex 78, uh, 6809 processor. It's using what's on the Pi, so it can do some really clever stuff, but people need to develop for it, because there's not, not a lot developed for it at the moment. But they reckon that they've got um, arcade games running on that. So God, you, could put, cool. you could put the Vectrex ROMs on, couldn't you? Get yeah, yeah, yeah. The... It, plays, it plays the Vectrex ROMs as a multi-cart, flawlessly mm. as far as I know. And I've got another one called... Um... Ooh, what was it called? Dave. No, it's not Dave. I know you might think it would be Dave. I've got it on this Dave, clear... Dave Trex. Hold on. Vexstream. I've got it here on this clear cartridge. It's right near me. The Vexstream. Oh. And that's got lots of pretty little LEDs in it. I can't remember why. But, I mean, that's a, a multi-cart, and that works quite nicely as well. And you can sort of build them yourself. You can buy the PCB, get all the parts, and get them built. Uh, but there's a, a bit of uh, SMD soldering on there, you know, the tiny little solders. I wouldn't want to do that myself. Smarty Marty did that one for me. He's a very talented lad. Oh, what well, I've just seen on our notes here as well... I have been playing some other games on the Mister, and it's a game I never used to like, 
I've been playing quite a bit of a game called Trojan. You ever played that? Is it a bit like Rygar, Black Tiger, that kind of that thing? That kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. But I never used to like the game, but I've got into it a little bit and I've done I think I've done the first level, I can get to the end of the second level or something. On a stick at it, it's quite Ooh. a good little game. It's interesting. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it was my ten year wedding anniversary recently. And we couldn't go to Japan, obviously, because of all the stuff going on at the moment. We were planning to. We've been planning for the past 10 years to go back again. So, do you mean 10 years, me and you, or you and wife? Me and wife. Oh, okay. Where should we go for our anniversary? For 10-year anniversary? I think we should go to Chicago again. Yeah. We want to go next year. Well, we wanted to go at the start of this year, didn't we? That wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I'd love to go back again, but... Especially with America's problems with the, with the COVIDs, uh, no chance, absolutely no yeah. chance at the moment. We shall wait until it all dies down. See if wife will go. Where are you going? Chicago, galloping ghost for a week. Yeah, oh, galloping ghost and the underground retrograde, definitely. Yeah, I wonder if they do like overnight stays. They will do. Doc will be sorted something by then. Probably. You never know. Galloping ghost hotel. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Very cool. Uh, my boiler broke. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Just broke. Just broke. Just bloody broke, riding the cold as well, it. I've got friends who couldn't have a shower. <laughs> I, had have, I, had, I had one cold shower, because we, we, we actually got the people around quite quickly to fix it. I had one cold shower, nearly had a heart attack. So I wasn't going to do that, so we had to go to the mother-in-law's the next night for that sort of thing. And then the next day, they came and sorted it. Um, so that, was, that wasn't much fun at all, actually. I didn't like that at all. It's only nine years old, the flipping thing as well. You, they're supposed to last 20 years. No... I've heard a, a cold shower can reinvigorate you, and I, I tried it once, and yeah. it's freezing, and it with a headache. <laughs> Invigorated you out of your skin. Yeah, sorry, I didn't rate that. No, not at all. Uh, more arcade stuff, uh, and you've put with the title "Eek!" exclamation mark. This is the Exer Arcadia hardware, and it's uh, a new Dodonpachi game, Dodonpachi True Death. True Death. Caver back in the arcades. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, 1,500 quid, apparently. But is that, yeah, that is that, that the game and you've got to buy the Exa Arcadia hardware separately? Yeah, I think that's 1,600 quid. So it's, oh, wow, so it's, it's like £3,100. But it's really shooter-centric, is that Exa Arcadia at the minute. It's re- There's some cool stuff on it. So it's, yeah. right, it's right up my street. But they've got all the big boys in, you know, like Capcom and Cave and... yeah. Konami, just seem promising, doesn't it? It's a lot of the big guys as well as these little homebrew guys. Well, you know, like what's that one that you like? Which is oh, it's a it's a scrolling shooter, horizontal scrolling. Some oh, I can't remember Magloria or some or Hypermoria or oh, Hyper oh, uh, Hydora. That's it. That's oh, is that it. coming on Exo Arcadia? Oh, yeah. nice, nice one. Yeah. yeah. Also, we've been contacted by UK Mike, Mike James from Retro Gaming Roundup, and he's asked just just give a little plug for his project, which is awesome. He says, I've got a, a book that is going to Kickstarter any day called Smoke and Mirrors, The Rise and Fall of a Serial Entrepreneur. That's good, isn't it? And it's about the story behind the retro magazine, the retro VGS console, and the Coleco Chameleon. The retro VGS was that a console? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the one that... Um, uh... How do I say this tactfully? It never appeared. Lots of people put money into it, and it never appeared. Because Mike and a couple of the guys from Retro Gaming Roundup were, were sort of 
they're on the inside of this and could see what was happening. So he's, he's put the book is already written and the Kickstarter is to raise legal fees to ensure that the content in the book is not actionable before I complete the final version of the manuscript. And I've checked and he's already he's gone past the three fourteen hundred pound goal that he's after. He's got three thousand two hundred pound. So they're into the stretch goals now. So check that out, kids. It'd be a very interesting read that. Ah, Hitesh sent me some good, interesting news. Uh, this is for a website, donkeykonghacks.net. And it's, as it says on the tin, basically, it's a load of hacks for the arcade hardware. I, th- I presume you can burn them onto a ROM and play them on your arcade hardware, or you can just play them in MAME or whatever. And you can download them. I think it uses the, the standard MAME name for it. Obviously, it's been changed to do different things. But people have done interesting hacks for Donkey Kong. And I quite like the reverse one. So you start at the top... <laughs> and you work your way down to get the heart at the bottom. You've got to find you get Pauline's heart at the bottom, or the lady's heart, whatever she was called. There's also uh, one called Free Run, which has got no enemies. So I think that the idea of that is so you can make your own hacks and you can put your own bits and bobs in. Uh, in the Dark is an interesting one. So it starts off normal. I think the the the, the girls are a slightly darker colour, but then it flickers, and Donkey Kong's turning the lights off apparently. So all you can see is the hammers and the baddies. You can't, you don't know where any of the, the the ladders are or anything. But obviously you know where the ladders are when the when the barrels come down the ladders. And it, every now and again it flickers on and off again quickly, so you can see what's going on a little bit and it goes off. That is quite a tricky one. And there's another one called On the Run, which is an insane hard version. There's like a lot more random barrels. There's uh, more enemies. I think it starts at a harder level. It's basically for real hardcore players of it. But it's interesting. So I'll put the website in the notes for everyone to look at. That does sound interesting. That, that, that's the game that never dies, Donkey Kong. I've been fixing stuff as well, believe it or not. Hardware stuff. Uh, I, I got sent a Cosmic Monsters PCB, which I believed at first was a Galaxy Wars, a Universal Galaxy Wars. But the thing I wanted on it uh, that Pinga sent me was the soundboard. And I was going to use it on Cosmic Monsters. My Cosmic Monsters works absolutely lovely. It's got a jammer adapter and everything. It's colour version. Never had any soundboards. It's never had any sound to it. And he sent me that mm. saying, oh, you can use the, the soundboard. And he wasn't sure if the board still worked or not. So I made another adapter for it, the same as my other one, and I made a, an adapter, a part of an adapter for the soundboard and tried the soundboard on my my board that works, and the sound is good on it. It's quite good sound. It's like, you know, TTL sounds, but the only thing is, is when you die, you get blown up. The explosion doesn't work. There's no explosion sound, so I think there's a little problem on there, but that's nothing to worry about. But the other board, I've actually found out it's, it's a Galaxy Wars that's been factory converted to a Cosmic Monsters. So it's the same game again, but it looks quite a bit different, the board. And I got it all wired up and everything, and it wasn't quite playing, and I moved it around a little bit and got it working. But it was really flaky. As soon as you touched it, it would just crash. It wouldn't work. But I was playing a, I played a game on it absolutely fine. And the sounds on it, instead of having the bump, 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 bump in the background, it's got like a pulsing sound all the time. So there's a little problem there. But I actually fixed it. What it was is there's a, a little socket on there and sockets are notorious for going bad over the years they don't make very good connections and what's happened is there's a socket that's got a riser board on it a daughter board on top with all the eproms on it for the game and obviously it wasn't making a very good connection but if you've got it in the right position it would work perfectly as soon as you touched it or breathed on it too heavily it would stop working <laughs> so yeah. i actually got it all off i unsoldered it which is like a 24 pin socket i unsoldered put a brand new socket on there plugged it in works a treat now but the problem with the sound is still there but that's not really a problem 
because I can only use the soundboard on one board at a time anyway. So I've just got a spare board now, basically, that needs a do little bit of attention. Do you want me to do some samples for you, like some vocal explosions? Like, absolutely not. But that's, that, that sounds more like someone starting a fire up. Ah, oh, you can you can edit it. I suppose. How about that, Vic? Because you can put that sample in. Put it, get it in MAME. Well, how how would I get the samples onto a piece of hardware, Sean? Tell me that, and I'll do it for you. Well, I can record them onto my little DVR. Did you, I'll send it over to you in MP3, and then you can use magic, whatever you do. Magic? Magic, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'll try some magic on it, then. Yeah, anyway, that was a fix. I was quite pleased about that because it was a real pain in the backside. I wouldn't I'm trying to work out what it was. I sort of stumbled upon it, really. So that's my kind of fix, really. Ooh. I'll tell you what I didn't fix. I didn't fix my Scope Treks and Asteroids adapter. Oh. What it what it was, is I got it all fixed up together, tried it on my Asteroids, and I could hear it playing, or the sounds at the start playing through the speaker on the Asteroids machine. Because this Scopetrex is like a, a remade Vectrex board, and the adapter allows me to play it on my Asteroids Cabaret arcade machine. And I wasn't getting any vectors, nothing on the screen at all, but I could hear the game working. And I got onto Jim Watt, who helped, who invented the uh, the Asteroids adapter board, and he was telling me to try a few different things. And it seemed like the Scopetrex was outputting vectors. It just wasn't working through the interface board. So in the end, I tried a load of stuff. wasn't working. I gave up. And Jim kindly accepted me sending it to him to have a look at it. He'd test it with his board on his machine, with his Scopetrex, which he knows works and everything. And there was nothing wrong with the adapter board. So it's actually the Scopetrex, which is a real pain in the backside because I thought I'd done it right. And we also found out, when we was talking about it, he said, oh, is, this, is this component on here the same as the one on mine? And I went, oh, yeah, it's just... And it was a voltage regulator. But the one I used was a switching one, which works a little bit better, and it works without a heat sink. So it, it, it's a lot more efficient how it works. They're a little yeah. bit more expensive, and you don't need heat sinks. So I put them in you know, uh, computers, because you don't need heat sinks. So I, I put one in my Spectrum, so you can get rid of the, the metal heat sink completely. You don't need it anymore. And he sort of said about it, and he said, oh, there's no negative voltages on there. And I went, and we're talking about voltages. And I said, hold on a minute, that is a 5-volt regulator, right? And the whole thing runs off a 5-volt supply. Why does it need a regulator? He went, no, no, that's that's a negative 5-volt regulator. I went, ah, I know what I've done here. Because a negative 5-volt regulator is a 7905. That's the, the, the product number, whatever it is. And a positive one is 7805. And I just saw 5-volt regulator and went, oh, I'll put one of them switching ones on there. I've got some spare. And it should be a negative one. So it's got no, no negative voltages. And that's why the vectors aren't working. And I had word from Jim tonight. I've got some messages on my phone now. I can see that he's got in, getting it working a bit better now. He's got a game working on it. But the the BIOS isn't quite working properly or something. Like the built-in game isn't working. But he's, gonna, he's working on it. He's, he's done me a real solid there. Helped me out. So hopefully that'll be working soon. I can play Mindstorm on my Asteroids cab. Which is going to be awesome. Mm, that would be good. That yeah. would be great. So, oh, another thing I've been doing lately is I I received a load of artwork. You know the the control panel overlays I use for my Vectrex joysticks? Mm. I had a load of stuff from Ollie turn up. Uh, So there's loads of stuff from the Vectrex things. I've also made an Atari 2600 joystick. I'll put pictures on the website for people to look at. I saw it, very good. 
a two-button joystick uh, for an Atari 2600, and it also works on all 8-bit computers. that got a 9-pin D-plug and uh, computers and consoles from back in the day. So you can play it on a Commodore 64, Vic 20, Spectrum with an with a adapter and stuff like that. But the, the one button is a fire button, which is you know what all those joysticks had, and the second button is wired to up. So if you're playing mm. a game with jump and fire, and jump was normally on a diagonal up, you know, up and left or whatever, or up and right, yeah. you can press this button rather than do, so playing games like uh, Kangaroo, for instance, you can use that button rather than going diagonal up, which is always a bit awkward anyway. So it does work quite nicely like that. And what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and make a switchable version which toggles the second button between the 7800 second button, because I did have two buttons on that controller, and up for the 2600. So you can use it on a 7800 and a 2600, because it's actually stylized like an old Atari. It's got a little bit of wood grain on it, that sort of thing. You You can still do the original controls, okay? You can still do diagonal up. Yeah, yeah, you can still use that as well. But the second button is wired to up. You can just ignore it or just use it as up. It's fine, whatever. Mm. But yeah, I'm going to hopefully do that. And the other one I did is I'm quite proud of is I finished my Pico 8 project. This looks so cool. Is it? Go on, go on. It's a nice little thing. It uses the same little boxes as I use for all my controllers I make for people for Vectrex and Atari and all and BBC and that. It's like a sort of know, so about six and a half inch by five inch controller, sloped controller. It's got a yellow joystick ball. It's got pink buttons on it, and it's all stylized with the Pico Eight sort of colourful, sort of uh, sort of like a, a, a light coloured palette sort of joystick uh, controls. And it's got a little eight-inch screen behind it, a little LCD screen behind it, and it's all wired up together. So you, you have one plug for it. You turn the thing on the back, and it comes on. It loads in about eight seconds because it's a, a version of Pico Eight called the Pico Pi. So it runs on a Pi. But there's no OS at all. There's no Linux on there. It just runs bare bones. Just runs that one program. That's all it does. So I'm going to wait for it to load up. It's really quick. And it's got um, Splore on there with a load of games I put on it because you can't get this. It's not on. It's not connected to the internet. Whatever. You just got to put the games on yourself, which is easy to do. And you just play the games on it. And it's got a button at the back to escape out of it. So when you play play a game, you press one of the buttons. It gets going. When you're bored of it, you press a button at the back. It goes back to Splore, which is a little menu system. And you play games on it. And they're really chunky little versions. And I found out yesterday, I think from Lewis, maybe today, they've just done a version of Doom on Pico 8. I've seen that. How it clever It looks is that? amazing. I cannot wait to play it. Because Pico 8, everyone should look at Pico 8. It's, it's a fantasy console. We did speak about it before. If you can't remember, it's a fantasy console. So basically, it's a programming language, which is like Lua, apparently. I know mm. nothing about programming languages. But apparently, it's quite easy to get into. And you're very limited what you can do. You're limited on the size of the game you can make. This is all software. So you can you can mm. use it online. You can use it on a, a Mac, a PC, a Raspberry Pi. And it runs all over the place. You buy it. I think it's about £12 to buy the software. And you get the license to use it wherever you like, basically. And it's really worth it just for the games. If you just want to play games on it, you can get the games all for free. But you can make your own game up with it. It's really clever. And what people have been doing is there's a big community of making these games. But they're... They're only, I think, is it 180 by 180 pixels? Something like that. It's very small, square screen, 4.3. Or might even be square, actually, 4.4. And it's got a palette of, like, 16 colours or something, or maybe 256. It's very, very limited. So the games are really chunky. They're quite simple. But people have run with it. 
and they've made some excellent games. There's a really cool version of Scramble. There's a really cool version of Bubble Bobble. Uh, there's versions of Space Invaders and Asteroids, you know, the usual kind of thing, Froggers and all that sort of stuff. And the games are really nice. They're really charming. The Scramble is one of my favourite ones. I absolutely love it. It's really cool. Uh, what they've done with that very the very tiny graphics and still like little animations in these tiny pixels are very clever. Yeah, it's really nice. And you've only got a joystick and two buttons as well. That's all you can use. Mm. That's when you're playing a game. But obviously, you've got a keyboard and you can type in commands and... It's a, it sort of acts a little bit like basic kind of thing, but I think when you actually go into the programming language, it's more like a sort of um, more of a friendly modern language. I, I know nothing about it. I really, I just play games and I don't make games up. Me and Lad had a look at Lua years ago, but I've forgotten it all. I think it was a bit a bit like Java, but much easier. Okay, I have no idea, but, but I, I love these games and people are doing loads of stuff for it. And this little console, I, I basically made. A fantasy console real so it looks like yeah. it's, it was built for that thing is the monitor attached to the joystick it isn't at the moment but it's got a very short wire to it and what i'm thinking of doing is making a little plastic base and just screwing them both down to it so you can pick it all up in one go and it's all sort of together because it's never going to get it. taken apart yeah, it's a console then it? you've made you've made a mini console yeah, when you yeah. look at summer and you re- you don't realize you want summer ever until you, until you see it i think god i want that i don't yeah. know why it just looks great <laughs> But to actually make it yourself, I might I might do a build log actually, and I could supply the joysticks for people for you know reduced cost because it's not a lot in there. You need to buy um, a Pi. I think you use you can use a Pi. You can even use a Pi One, like a really early Pi. It'll run on it because it uses very basic. It doesn't need a lot of oomph at all to get it going. So I used a Pi Zero. I think I've got. Uh, some tiny cables inside. I bought some little cables that aren't very long, so you don't have to coil the damn things up inside. It all fits in this little box. Uh, you need the joystick and the buttons and, and the, you know the joystick box, whatever. A screen, a Pi Zero, a tiny little bit of circuits inside. I actually, because the screen works on twelve volts, I, I got a splitter, so the Pi actually runs on twelve volts. But what it does is a Pi only runs on five volts. Don't ever try running it high, that you'll kill it. There's a little thing inside a voltage regulator we talked about earlier that brings it down to five volts so it runs it safely so you use one plug and it powers the screen and the pie and everything else in it and it runs just like a console so you turn the damn thing on at the back there's a little switch at the back you turn it on it comes on loads up wherever you play your game turn it off again simple as that brilliant there's no there's no you know download there's no shutting down like a pc or whatever there's none of that you just turn it off and off you go it's great and it loads in like i think eight seconds or something yeah, I like it. So I'll put that on on the website for people to look. And I will, if I get time, I will do a build log. I do want to do a build log of it. It's just getting time to do it, really. And I'll put it on the probably on the the Tinkerins page. I haven't done one of those for a while, have I? Talking about Tinkerins, I did have an idea, and I'll need some of our Ten Pence listeners' help with it as well. I was thinking about doing a YouTube channel. Um, but not obviously a weekly thing or whatever or anything like that. You know, it's got no... Just do it when you can. But I want to get a sort of community of people together, of makers, who make things to do with video games, whether it be uh, you're making their own consoles, like I did there, or maybe making an arcade cab, or you know doing a mod to a, to a piece of hardware or something, or you know building something to do with video gaming. Because I've always I always like to to make things in the shape of what I've done. It's, it'd be like a show and tell kind of thing. But we can get a bunch of us together. Because I, I follow a few people on Instagram, 
and I might put it to them as well. And they make certain things. There's one guy I think called Octo Retro Labs, and he does a lot of stuff with Game Boys. So he like um, he like builds new new cases for them and stuff, and, and mods them. And I think he, he built a case for a Nintendo Wii that looks like a GameCube. So it's all purple with a GameCube logo on it, and it's really cool, really really nice bit of kit. And it, it you know it's all to do with um, 3D printing, electronics, and you know getting stuff made, and these are the things that I like doing as well. But I like to get a community of people up to do a show and tell. So like this month, we've got someone's made this thing, and you show you how to make it and how it works, and you know videos of it and stuff. So I sort of, if anyone's interested in doing that, get in contact with me. I would like to do that. Obviously, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be any frequency. Just sort of release a video when you can, whatever. I, I could, I could start that off. No, for you. Sean, no. Yeah, what we could do no, Vic, you are not start invited. Simple. Like you know that Galaxian <laughs> Galaxian three cab, which is you're gonna make seven, one of those, are you? Seven screens like a virtual theatre. I could do that. I've got some, I've got a couple of screens hanging around, some sticks and that. We need a shed. But what we could do, we could take two sheds, yep. put them sheds, together, sheds are get, always some, good. get some chairs from IKEA, put them at the back, get get the software, some sticks, yep. some some nice visors, and you've got Galaxian three. Sounds well. You'll be the first person to do it then, sure. Thanks, Vic. When do you think you'll have it done? Uh, what day is it? Tuesday, probably Friday morning. Okay, I'll hold you to it. Okay. Uh, we've got a bit of a new section here. Uh, it's one of yours, Sean. Do you want to tell people what it is? It's biscuit review. And you've got a, a, a jingle. I haven't got a jingle. Uh, I've contacted the. Oh, oh, t- yeah. Sorry. Where did you get the jingle from, Sean? The ten, the ten pence orchestra are back, Vic. They're Do you back. know who they are? Yes. Well, they're they're, they're, se- they're in secret, but they've been just they're been in released. secret. Good bit of English. <laughs> secret. They've just been released from Wentworth Prison for crimes against ears, and so they're back. Yeah. And they're just starting this little jingle, which is introduced. They're very kindly agreed to introduce our biscuit review section. Shall I put the cylinder on right now and we'll play it? Yes. Here you go. Biscuit review, biscuit review, I heard about you, biscuit review. It's a nice little introduction to the to the piece, isn't it? Marvellous. And what is your review this month for us, Sean? Seal bars. Uh-oh, go on. The counterfeit penguin bars. Because you know we're doing pengu. Yes. Peng- Pengo. I found seal bars, which are Aldi's versions of Pengo. I don't know how they get away with this stuff, you know, seal bars. Well, but... there was another company, I read about this, oddly enough, that did a puffin bar biscuit, which was mm. basically a penguin with puffins mm. on the front, which look a bit like penguins. And I think they got a cease and desist. They had to stop doing them. Well, these... I've, I've tasted a few, and they, they they taste to me exactly the same from what I remember as the penguin bars. So how, how much percentage of them are seal? I think you're allowed only allowed to put like a tiny bit in, like the toe clippings. You can put them in. Are we talking <laughs> seals, as in the aquatic mammals, or the singer from the '90s who did "Kissed by a Rose," whatever it's called? You don't want to put him in there, toe. poor bloke. Seals. Do seals have toenails? I don't, do they? So perhaps there's nothing in. Perhaps just hold on, perhaps... that's the title for the show. Do seals have toenails? <laughs> perhaps it's just... 
it's just normal chocolate then. But it's nice. Yeah. Eight bars for nine pence, Aldi. No, and it's it's like like ninety p or whatever it is. But oh, they're good, Vic. And also, also he's got one here, hasn't he? Oh, you've got a wrapper. Incoming tuck cheese Ooh. sandwich biscuits. I, I do like those. I haven't they, had these for years. They smell I've, a bit I've... like sick, but they are lovely. <laughs> well, you've ruined it now. <laughs> they do, they, they? are very nice. They're I like, do like uh, tuck yeah, biscuits. They're really nice. Yeah, I hadn't had them for ages. And just eating them, they remind me of my nan. Oh, yeah. God bless, God bless us. So I must have had them when I was a young lad at my nan's. I yeah. just got, you get that flashback, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you get those cheesy, poofy ball things at Christmas time in a, in a like a tube. Yeah. They smell like sick as well, but they're lovely. I, I usually eat the whole lot in one go. And talking it's about eating the whole lot in one go, I actually bought, when we started doing this podcast, I thought, oh, I'll get some penguins, penguin biscuits. Um, if you're not in the UK, what are we on about? There is a bit a famous biscuit in the UK. Uh, they got them in Australia. They're called Tim Tams in Australia. And it's mm. basically a sandwich, a chocolate sandwich biscuit with chocolate on the outside of it. And the wrapper has got penguins on it. And mm. the, the, the advert from when we were kids was always, pick up a penguin. And it was like a song and it was always penguins in the adverts or whatever. So that's what we're on about. And Sean got these cheapo nasty ones called seal bars because he's a skin flint. They're not cheapo nasty. They're a good. They're I a good bought imitation. some proper, authentic penguins, mm. but I ate them already. <laughs> they're all gone. Mm. They're that good. But when we were a kid, in your sandwiches at school, it was always like a peanut butter sandwich or, or some sort of meat spread, uh, yeah. <laughs> penguin biscuit, apple, yogurt. So that's usually the sort of staple of our kids, us being kids in the, in the seventies and eighties for school sandwiches and talking about penguins another penguin fact for you Sean mm. penguins are actually camouflaged the black and white yeah. colouring helps from below and above in the water shame it doesn't deter snow bees yeah yeah snow bees you, you see a lot of them attacking penguins in the Antarctic don't you mm. got a little tweet here from Ian Cullen who's found a job opportunity for me yeah from Dunfermline Press biscuit firm seeking 40,000 K. £40,000 master biscuitier in charge of taste testing. Forty grand a year for ch- tasting biscuits? Yeah. Sign me up, son. Perhaps it's just for your clothes as you get fatter. Maybe. Recent pickups. Uh, stuff I've been buying lately. A boiler and 10 yeah. radiator valves. That was uh, nearly three grand. Thank you very much. God. Yeah. Rubbish, isn't it? God. Harumph. Proper harumph. So I didn't like spending money on that, but I did like spending some money on wife and myself for our 10th year anniversary, wedding anniversary. I bought her some nice perfume, which was quite expensive. Mm. It smells amazing. It's really, really good. And uh, what else? I bought myself some socks. Yeah. I couldn't think Just of anything I wanted, actually. A couple, couple of socks. Yeah, I bought some, some van socks, checkered socks. They're very nice. I like them a lot. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to go to Japan, so I have spent actually probably less money than I would have done if I went to Japan. But I would have liked that more. Mm. Wife got me a she a friend of hers is a really really good artist. I mean, like a seriously good artist, and she had a picture commissioned, a stylized picture of us, and I'll put it on the website. It's really really good. It's it's us on the sofa with dog and me playing a game, and in the background you can see the Tokyo Tower. It's a really really cool picture. It's a very stylized version of us. Um, 
I look a lot younger in the picture than I actually am, <laughs> and thinner. And it's it's a really nice picture though, and you can tell it's the the essence of us, and it's really really nice. I'm really impressed. With it. I've got to get a a nice framed version of it. It's on my computer backdrop at the moment. That's my backdrop. It's really cool, and she is a, a fantastic artist, really amazing artist. I bought a book, Sean. Another book. Yes. I've read a book recently, that one about Japanese, um, the history of Japanese toys and, and uh, technology. And the one I've recently bought is Tony Temple. Ah, Tony. Tony Temple's book. This is Missile Commander. And it's all about his his rise to being the world champion on Missile Command. It's a, it's a hardback book. Uh, it came just the other day. I've only read a few pages of it so far. And it, come, it came with... Uh, Nicely signed from Tony, personalised to me. And it's got some postcards in it, like Missile Command themed postcards. They are fantastic. And it looks to be a very, very good book. I need to just start getting into it. And I know it's going to be good because Tony is a very eloquent speaker. So his writing is going to be just as good, I think. Check out his podcast as well. The tape, well, him and two other guys, the Ted Dabney podcast. No, that actually, is, no, no, don't tell them that, Sean. It's really, really good. They're going to stop listening to this and start listening to that. Don't tell them to do that. It's, it's better than this. It honest. is fantastic. And the guests they've had so far are uh, luminaries from the, the arcade, or back in the day, usually people who were in the in the business, whether it's programming or part of you know the, the different Yeah, the hard in, in the background, these really interesting people. Whenever it comes on the podcast app, it's the first thing I, I uh, download and listen to. It's awesome. I, I really like it. And the, everyone they've had on so far has been absolutely charming and just lovely people. And they speak mm. so nicely that they're never bitter about anything they always remember them everything with love and attention and it's it's really really good everyone should listen to it but please still listen to us as well yes, yes it's very very good cheers. i love it cheers. another another penguin fact yes. penguin biscuits were first made in scotland in 1932 by william mcdonald probably the most scottish person ever to scottish and the australian tim tam is based on our penguins mm. we had some didn't we we did. They're lovely. Uh, have you bought some? Very, very slightly different taste, I'd say, but different. Not, not better or worse. Just different. Mm. What have you bought lately? Anything? Yeah, big purchase for me. I've got a new phone. Oh, hello. I don't, I don't really go into for contrast. Just buy the phone outright. So I've got a yeah. Google Pixel 4a, which Ooh. is, a, which is a brand new phone. It's slightly smaller. It's only 5.8 inch screen. So, so it's just a little bit littler. What, what does that even mean? I don't, even, I don't even care what size screen. I don't know how big my screen is on my phone. I have no idea. It's, it's just a phone-shaped an, phone. Android 11, the, the, apparently the camera is, all, is as good as an iPhone. I know iPhones have brilliant cameras. Mm. So the camera is rated also. There's a single camera, no messing around. Oh, mine's There's got two these, on it. Not all these. You got the the reverse thing, you know, the, the facey, facey face. Yeah, mine's got, got two got, there. Look, it's got two on the outside. I've no idea what that does. There's no wide angle or whatever, but the pictures are amazing. Just unbelievable. And then it's Android 11, so there's lots of bells and whistles going on. And you can... All the buttons are gone. You know, like the home button, the back button, and the menu button. They're oh, not yeah, there. iPhones have had that gotten for ages. You just tap it's it all, and it comes on. It's all just gestures, so I'm getting used to that. Mm. But it's a it's a slippy bugger, and I keep dropping it. So I've had to ooh, get a... Oh, yeah, get I've a case. I've got okay, it's a thin, very thin backed case for it. Yeah, you need proper, to do that. I think they do it on rugged. purpose, you know. 
Because the yeah, only yeah. time I, I had a really nice dig dug case on my phone and it, it broke, it sort of got broken, and I took it off for one day, and I the phone the phones are so slippery, it slipped out yeah. my hand, fell on the floor outside. I went, oh, I looked at it, oh, that's okay. When I got back to where I was going, I looked at it carefully, and there was a hairline crack right across the screen, and it's the only time I've ever broken a phone. And luckily, Apple Care I have with my phone replaced it for twenty quid. But it's two hundred pound a month to subscribe. No, no, nothing like that. I, I, I bought the phone outright as well, and I've got a cheap contract for it. But the only thing wrong with your Android phone is it hasn't got a banging fruit on it. Just a sad old robot. I think you ought to know. I'm feeling very depressed. But do you know what? If the robot and the apple fruit had a fight, the robot would win it. It'd just stomp on it. No, no, it wouldn't, because the apple is actually two hundred feet diameter, and the Android would just steal all your details and try and sell you stuff because Google's good at that Hmm. and Apple would slow down your phone so you have to buy a new one on purpose no mine's been fine love it you sure yeah there'll be a time coming it'll go oh no it's running at 12% you need a new phone yeah but by then I will want a new phone there'll be a new one out so I don't care I like to have a new one that's what they do you see Vic that's what they do so what (laughs) don't care (laughs) right Listener feedback. One punch. Rob's been on. He only needs one punch. Another great podcast, guys. I really like Gallagher eighty eight, and we're playing it some more on an actual cab. Looking forward to playing Pengo too. It's one game I've always wanted to try, but for some reason always walk past it at arcade club. Sean, do you have any info on the Dark Skies thing you went to? I've been wanting to do that with the family. Is there a website or something? That is. The place in Scotland, which is very, very dark, it has no light pollution. You can see the night sky really well. We'll yeah, put a, a link up, shall we, Sean, to the website? I have. I've, I've messaged him. This is one from UK Vax, so I've sent him the link on there to the actual website. Nice one. Phil Nez for life. What a guy. And Nez is not for Tuesdays. It's for life. Absolutely. It, it is. Great podcast, guys. Just to clarify about the V-Stereo Vectrex mod. It is true stereo, not mono pipe through both speakers like we we're on about. Internal right. sound channels A, B and C from the AYIC are being mixed into stereo. There are no wires to solder because Vic's model is an early prototype. Yes, sadly, it does yeah. not include the bacon grilling feature that Sean wants. Uh, uh, oh well. So not for you then. You're not going to be purchasing one. Well, no, you need bacon. Absolutely. Matthew Bridge, the range originates from Plymouth. This is a shop you were on about. Uh, yeah. You thought it was a northern thing. It's actually a southern thing. Mm. Ian Davies, gents. Absolutely amazing to be listening again. For life reasons to do with my job ceasing to exist due to the situation, I lost touch with the, po- touch with the podcast for a few months. It's cheered me up enormously to catch up with all the episodes I've missed. We might have missed this feedback. I think this is from a while ago. Sorry, Ian. Okay. Brilliant to have Sean back on so stupendously abstract form as ever. <laughs> that is one word for you, yeah. Abstract. As an aside to a conversation in the last episode, I've got an Evercade. Oh, yeah, which I like. And the only caveat, me being picky, is that I think the screen isn't up to much in the brightness and the contrast department. They've just released yesterday a firmware update that increases the screen's brightness. Cool. Yeah, so I think that's sorted. Other, but I didn't think it was bad anyway. Other than that, I love it and it's an amazing project. That's it. Thanks for keeping at it through these shocking times from Ian. Benson Rad's been on, listener number four. Great podcast, chaps. The Wasp Pen Banter did make me laugh. 
Since lockdown and been stuck working at home, I've had no commute, so I've got far behind. Shame as I've missed out on quite a few games I'd love to have joined in on. Anyway, I'm now updated. Had a few days cramming them in. The book Victor mentions in the most recent episode is Supercade 2. I've also backed that one. That's the one I, I... Last night, I told Van Burnham, the writer, my address. So hopefully that's going to be going ahead soon. Mm. He says he backed it. The original was also back on Amazon, fairly cheap, at 15 quid recently, so he re-bought that one too. Mine cost a lot more than that. Uh, right, I'm off to go and dust my space and with this trimline cab. Because <laughs> he won't sell it to me. That really bothers me. To be honest, I was slightly tempted with regards to the Centipede Cabaret, as it's a game I love, but I have a Euro Millipede cab and a multi-kit, so have no need for it. Stay safe, gents. I look forward to the next show. Hopefully I'll get a score in on that. I don't know if he has or not, but hopefully he has. I actually got, I was speaking to a guy called George Spanos, Spanos this morning. George Spanos? Yeah. And he has sent me a link to a new Kickstarter that he's doing. And it looks amazing. And it's called Arcade Dreams, the definitive arcade documentary series. Okay. And it's just been kickstarted today. Right. And it looks really well done. 100 years of arcade history. And there's loads... The, the little three-minute video of it introducing it looks really well done. So if we put a link to that in the no-shows, I'll remember... feel like 100 that. years? Yeah, yeah. So arcade dreams. The that's 100 a, that's years a cure lyrics, Sean. Is it? That's a cure reference. Oh. Doesn't matter if we all die. Sharing the world with slaughtered pigs. Oh, no... Oh, no. So, yeah, check that out, kids. It looks very interesting and very professionally done. Cool. I will do. Friendly shout-outs. I've got a shout-out, massive shout-out, to Saint Murray. He's been upgraded again. He added the Gradient Graphic Daughterboard to my Konami multi-game, which he also invented. It now enhances Rescue and Minefield with the proper gorgeous Gradient backgrounds and the correct size bullets. But it's also enhanced the sky because he is a hardware deity. <laughs> Praise be unto him. I'm going to give a shout out to poor Mr. Charlie Farr, who's suffering and his wife with the COVID at the moment. Oh, God, no. Yeah, and, and Sol and he is Jimmy have both had family members struck down with it. So we love them all. Hope you're all okay. Charlie Farr's not put a score in because he said he's he's getting better. He's just been really, really tired. Yeah. Well, but, don't worry about the score. You stay safe, son. Get better. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's it seems to be. I don't know. It seems to be worse. It's flaring up worse than it started. Mm, the, the yeah. More people I know now that have got it than previously. Especially you guys in the north as well. Mm, it seems like the yeah. government is not helping the north, and it's not good. Absolutely no. not good. Arcade Master Quiz. I got, a, I got, a, oh, oh, gosh, I've got a quiz for you, Sean, and I don't use the word gosh very often. Golly gosh! Let's hit that music. <laughs> this quiz has a theme, Sean. Is it me getting no points? <laughs> You'll be getting maybe two. Out of oh, ten. God. Ten God. questions on bootlegs. What? Yes. Now, oh, no. we had a lot of bootlegs in the UK, and especially in Europe as well. We had uh, licensed games and unlicensed dodgy games, all bootlegs, right? This is about the about bootlegs. So your first question is, you're going to love this. What is the Spanish bootleg of Pengo called? Penta. 
Pinguinos. Oh. So that's none out of none. None out of one so far. What's well, Penta? That's a bootleg, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a, a licensed version as well. Ooh. Question two. Another name for locomotion. Choo Choo Train Rocket. Nearly. <laughs> Gutang Gutong. <laughs> that's not nearly. Question three. Oh, this is an easy one. A, a bootleg yeah. version of Puyan. You must know this. Oh, yeah. Must hurry you. Puyan. Oh, no. Poo. <laughs> Poo face. <laughs> no, Putan with a T rather than Putan, yeah. Oh, Vic. So that, that's none out of four. Well done. This is rubbish. No, none out of three, sorry. Not that bad. Question four. What is the bootleg of Rainbow Islands called? Think about it. <laughs> Do you want some help? Yeah. Yeah, you need help. What What is the primary thing you do in Rainbow Islands? Jump on rainbows. Yeah. Expand that word. Lee. No. The other word. No, that one. Jump. God, this Lee. is painful. This is out. Leaping. Out, 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 jump. Out, out, high. Out. out. <laughs> should, we, should we go naught out of four? Go on. It's called that jumping. One? It's just simply called jumping. This is impossible. You made these up. No, it isn't. It's an easy one. I've I've had this board before. Instead of instead of uh, rainbows, he fires out little uh, stars. It's basically the I same. I bet game. that's not even in Mame. I bet, but it's not even. It, it definitely in is in Mame. Oh. Question five. What is you got to know this one? It's a cave. It's a tower plan game. What is the Japanese version of Twin Cobra called? Call you call you Koko Tiger. Near enough. Yeah. QQQ. I can't even say it either, Tiger. Yeah, so one out of five. Well done, Sean. That's not a bootleg, though. Just a minute. It's yes, alternative names, I suppose. Uh, question six. What is the US version of Wardner called? The Taito game. Wardner no Densetsu. <laughs> no, it sounds like it might be, but not the, certainly not the American version. It's simply mm. called Pyros. Or Pyros. Pyros? Yeah. Well, this is an easy one. You've got a, a choice of four for the answer of this one. Name mm. me a scramble bootleg. Some time passes. I didn't even know there was scramble bootlegs. There was loads of them. Is there? Yeah. Because there's, there's a Spanish company, and the name escapes me at the moment, that made a version, I think it was licensed, and they changed the name of it. That would be side damn. This is the one I'm th- I, I would definitely know if you asked me the same question. Alert. Nope. You could have, and the one I was thinking of, is Bomber. Bomber. There's another one called Strafe Bomb, which has got different graphics, and it looks quite a bit of a weird different game. It's got different levels. Uh, Impacto or Explorer. Of course. Good Four old Explorer. versions of Scramble. You should know that. <laughs> so one out of however many you've done so far, seven. Question eight. You've got to know this one. One of your favourite games. What is the bootleg version of Moon Patrol called? Remember, this is your favourite game. If you get this wrong, you're all right, Charlie. Moon. Oh my God, you don't know it. I don't know it. Moon Patrol bootleg. Moon. Yeah. I thought they. Had, I thought the bootlegs were just still called Moon Patrol. No, Moon Ranger. Oh crap! <laughs> you did right, know yeah. that, didn't you? I did. Question nine. I'm, I'm on 
No, I think you've missed one. This next one's at eight, I think, well, for whatever it matters. Whatever. Uh, what is the alternative name for Cloak and Dagger, the Atari game? It was a film, wasn't it? The Cloak and Dagger was a film, yeah, but the game yeah. it concerns had another name. Twin Stick Assassin Face. No, Agent X. Oh, I knew that as well. Oh, this is a really easy one. If you don't get this I one, didn't know that. I didn't you're know a failure that. in life. What is the bootleg version of Sega's Congo Bongo called? Just Congo. He, he doesn't know it, kids. He looks really confused. Is it just Congo? Tip top. I didn't know that. Do you know you know the reason I know a lot of these bootlegs is when when Maine was in its infancy, it always had the bootlegs next to it on on the on the the menu screen. You could always see the bootlegs, and that's how I knew a lot of the names of them. And a lot of I them just... we got in the UK as well. It's like like Crazy Kong is the obvious bootleg of Donkey Kong we had in the UK, things like that. I was just running running them command so you've line. Got, like you got the... one out of ten, Sean. Well done. That's the Worst you've ever got. Right. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Mate. Just war. Next quiz. <laughs> Next quiz. I thought that was like, some of those were quite easy. I thought you'd get those. Sorry about that. No. <laughs> Next quiz. The programmer of Street Fighter 2 was walking down a street on a Tuesday. He dropped a chewing gum. What was that chewing gum? And you'd probably get that right. Wrigley's. Yep. <laughs> this is uh, a word from our sponsor. To pick up a penguin, a lovely big penguin. When you pick up a pop-up penguin, there's so much more to enjoy. It's bigger, so delicious, chocolate flavour through and through. When you feel a little puppeckish, what's bigger and best for you? A pop-up penguin. To pick up a penguin. When you feel a little puppeckish, pop-up pick up a penguin. What else could I pick? I mean, what else could I pick? It's mm. obvious. Good pick. Feature game review. So, we get on to this month's chosen game, and it is Pengo. This was my choice, developed by Corland and published by Sega in 1982. The hardware is Z80 based and it's a vertical game. Controls are a single four-way joystick and one button used to push or crush, push or crush the ice blocks. And it sounds like this. And it also, later versions, sounded like this. How you play the game. If, if you haven't been in a cave all your life, you should know how to play it. But I'll just tell you anyway. When you start a round, an ice block maze is created on your single static vertical screen. Some of the blocks contain green snowbee eggs, or different coloured versions as well. On the first level, they're green. And some are already hatched. Snowbees are the natural enemy of the penguin. You play the heroic red penguin in this game called Pingo. Yeah, all right, keep it quiet. 
The aim of the game is to crush the Snowbees and survive without them running into you, making you fall over and look like a right Charlie. Snowbees left are displayed in the top middle of the screen. You can't call them that. People are listening. When you go up to a block that has a space behind it and you press your button, Penga will shove the slippery block and hopefully will collide with the Snowbee and squish it. If the block has another block behind it or one or against one of the four walls, it will crush the block and remove it from the level. You can do this vertically or horizontally. Also on the screen are three diamond blocks. These cannot be crushed and removed. These three blocks also hold a not very well hidden secret. If you manage to push all three together in a line, horizontally or vertically, you'll get a bonus and all the snowbees on the level that have been hatched will be stunned for a brief time, allowing you to align an ice block and squash them. If a snowbee is against the wall and you push on it, the snowbee will also be stunned because the walls go all wibbly wobbly. You can now easily crush them with a block or just run through them to remove them. All this gains you much less points. If you don't manage to kill the last snowbee in a reasonable amount of time, it will turn into a blob and run away, like the last monster on Dig Dug. When all snowbees are killed, the level is complete. Depending on how many seconds you took to do the level, you'll get a level complete bonus. Anything longer than 59 seconds gets you no bonus at all. Meh. If you take longer than two minutes, which I've never managed to do, all the snowbees turn into blobs and move towards the walls, then into a corner to disappear. There are a total of 16 rounds and then they cycle. After every two rounds, you get a short jolly intermission where eight of Pengo's penguiny mates walk on, do a funky dance and walk off screen. On some of the intermissions, you will even see Pengo enjoying some downtime playing a cocktail arcade version of his game. Didn't see that. I didn't get very far. It's much later on that one. You see him playing on a because I, I thought he was playing a piano at first, but he's actually you look at this a side view of a cocktail cab because in Japan this was released on a cocktail version. Mm. Nice. So some of the scores in uh, the game, you get thirty points for vibrating a wall, which is a weird thing to get points for. Uh, smashing an ice block, get thirty points also. Smashing a snowbee egg uh, without it being hatched, you get five hundred points. Good points for that one. Walking over a stunned snowbee, you only get 100 points. If you squish a snowbee with a flying block, you get 400 points for it. Getting two at the same time, 1,600 points. Three at one time, 3,200 points. And if you get all four, you get 6,400 points for it, which is a massive score. If you line up the three diamond blocks in the middle of the screen, not against the wall, you get 10,000 bonus points. If you line three diamond blocks up against the wall, 5,000 points. Uh, if you complete the game in 1 to 20 seconds, which is really quick, you get 5,000 bonus points. Uh, 20 to 29 seconds, 2,000. 30 to 39 seconds, 1,000. 40 to 49, just 500. And this is a bit of a Mickey take. If you get, if you finish the game between 50 and 59 seconds, you get 10 bonus points, which is the lowest score in the whole game. This is the work of some kind of troll. I reckon troll lads might have been working at Corland back in 1982. <laughs> what else did Corland do? Was it one of the early Bubble Bubble games? I don't know, because uh, there's a bit of trivia later on about Corland, which I'll tell you later. Uh, tips and secrets in the game. The three diamond blocks together in vertical horizontal line, which I mentioned. 10,000 points for getting them against, off the wall, uh, or only 5,000 against the wall. Uh, you can only get the bonus once per round, though, because I did actually try and get it again, and you can't get it again. When the two of them are lined up, they start to flash. Hopefully, you worked out that something special is going to happen when the third one's put in place. I think it does tell you about this in the track mode. I can't remember, but it certainly tells you on the flyer yeah, to do it. it does, yeah. You can run over and kill the snowbees when they're stunned by the wobbly wall. And I didn't know this 
until we started playing the game for this challenge. And I've, I've owned the board myself, and I've been playing Pengo for 20-odd years, and I didn't know when you stun them, you can just run over them and kill them. Mm. I thought you had to hit them with a block again, so I've always kept away from them. Smash the blocks containing the eggs. It's a quick and safe way to kill snow bees. So when the game first starts, you can see, it shows you where the eggs are, hidden in the blocks, and then disappear. And it comes on for a few seconds. I think when a new one hatches, it shows you where they are as well. So if you can find them, you can squish them and get 500 points for them. It's quite a quick way of getting rid of the levels. But it does make the snow bees angry. Do you squish them with another block, or do you just go up to the block that they're generating? Just go up to the block and just break the block as normal. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You get 500 points for it as well, which is better than squashing them. Get more point for that. But if you get too many in one go, if you like do two or three, you know, immediately, they get angry and they chase you, which is a bit annoying. Mm. Uh, when wobbling a wall, the snow bees take a second to be stunned. It's not quickly how they do it. They they wait a second. So if one's running at you and it's too close, it will kill you. It's it takes annoying. a second for it to work. That is annoying. I don't like that bit. Uh, when the snow bees are crushing blocks coming towards you, because they can crush blocks as well, remember, don't shove the block to kill them until they've removed the one behind it, or the block you are trying to use will be turned into ice dust, leaving you vulnerable to the evil snow bee. So you've got to mm. sort of time that carefully. It is timing that. Yeah. You can sort of hide behind the diamond blocks, because the snow bees can't crush them either. So you can sort of hide behind them, and they'll have to go round. The graphics and sound are very simple. Uh, maximum 16 colours on this hardware. Nicely drawn sprites. The music is popcorn. Uh, this is an instrumental cover by synth band Hot Butter. Hot Butter. From 1972, a year before I was born. And later versions of the game came with different music, which I played earlier, due to possible copyright infringement. The intermissions are ridiculously cute, especially the one with the penguins do Space Invader impressions. The music that plays on intermissions is actually Beethoven's Symphony No. 9, Third Movement, Sean. But oh, you, I thought you was... probably knew that. I thought it was Symphony Number no. Eight, Fourth Remix. He did some remix. I'll I'll beat beat over him. Banging two decks, two decks. What he did popcorn as well. He wrote. Oh, oh Johnny Beethoven did popcorn. Yeah, D- Dave Beethoven did popcorn, and Hot Butter actually released did a remix of it, and little 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 people don't know. <laughs> I can hear the cogs in your head grinding away. I can hear them grinding, Sean. Beethoven's great, 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 great grandson is Mr. Hot from Hot Butter, so that's why he didn't get done for doing the popcorn. Why not? The cabinet, I'll put a picture Mm. on the website, is lovely. It's a light bluey-grey colour. It's a really lovely-looking thing. It looks a little bit like a stern cab, actually. It's got a really, really deep, tall marquee on it with Pengo, a little red penguin with his little uh, little bow tie on. He looks really good. He's doing a little dance. And the cab's lovely. I really like the cab. It's got a little sort of ice scene with snow bees and penguins around the bezel. Obviously a vertical screen, nice dark blue control panel, ambidextrous control panel. And I have just actually seen one of these in real life. It's nice. They've got one at Arcade Club? Yes, we have, yeah. Oh, nice. I'll play that next time I'm up there. It's a really nice cabinet as well, and the I did actually see on some of the flyers, if you look on the website, I've got some links to the flyers, there was two different versions of the cocktail cabinet. There's a sort of quite a generic looking one, and there's one with a riser on the bottom, so you could raise it from 20 to 40 inches tall, so you can sort of play it standing up. And it's a really odd version of the cocktail. It's a nice looking thing, I like it a lot. Bit of trivia, my coffee spoon at work has a tubby penguin on it, it's a little plastic spoon. 
uh, and it's getting quite faded now. So if anyone knows where I can get another one, please get in contact. I need a new tubby penguin spoon for work. <laughs> uh, Corland, who wrote the game, became Ban Presto years ah, later, which are a very famous yeah. uh, brand. Uh, Corland also wrote Jump Bug, which is another brilliant game. We like Jump Bug a lot, don't we? It is a very good game, that. Was that the one you were thinking of? No. There's something else. Okay. The credit screen can be accessed in the attract mode by holding up on both joysticks. Obviously, you've got a two, two-player machine. Holding both action buttons and pressing start. Uh, and it says, directed by Nobuo Kodera, programmed by Akira Nakakuma. Uh, this is explain why Akira is spelled out in the default high score table. Uh, designed by mm-hmm. Shenji Iggy and Corland Technology, 1982-91. So the 1st of September, 1982. And we got a bunch of scores. People seem to like this game. And what are the scores? What are the scores? The foot, one down the bottom, Matt Neo MK, 45,000. Oh, hold on a minute, that isn't the lowest one. That's no, the... sorry, that's my sort of. I've put that in at the very last minute. So we'll have to. Well, he's got well, 45,600, so he's a lot farther up this list. And he does sorry, say, Matt, I don't hate this game anymore, but I'm no fan. Cute graphics, music, single gameplay, simple play and play, with a few playstyle options, but it can be just frustrating as hell. Of its time, perhaps, but I'll take Mr. Duo this every time. There is a mm. certain knack to the game, which we'll probably get onto in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Ross Ross got a very low score. What are you doing, Ross Ross? Playing with one hand at 920 bothered. points. Didn't make a thousand. TWB, 2030. Sol, 5,000. Sol, what's wrong with you? 5,300. He is a bit ill, isn't he? Is he poorly? No, he's not. No, but it's... Well, he's got no excuses then. Sol, pull your finger out, son. John Turner, 6620. One Punch Rob, 6730. Mr. Bazaika, uh, 10,150. Oh, wow, that's quite a low score. Mr. Bazaika's a good player. Pilbo, 11,310. DNO, don't know, 12,730. Stuart Time Warp, 13,760. After I gave him tips as well. Come on, Stu. Mm. Danny Gill, that's Soul's brother. Tiny Dan. Tiny 13,870. Uh, T-Star, 14,040. Zestora, 14,320. Lewis Arcade Club, uh, 14,480. And he says, played this to death on my BBC back in the day. It doesn't show my rubber, rubber rubbish score, though. Just a quick go. Ed Horse with his who 17,950. Where's the rest of the horses? Oh, They haven't, they haven't played this, seat this year, have they? They haven't, probably because they're working from home maybe rather than in the office oh yeah you'd have to take that big blackboard round to their houses and just stand in the garden and shout what score did you get get? with a bit of chalk Paul McCaskey 18,410 Tactical Giles seen him a couple of times at the club good to see you mate 18,490 Old Man Steve 19,230 I don't like Pengo the collision detection is pants I walk through a snow bee a snowbee walk through a diamond block one minute, they move randomly. The next, their heat sinking mother. Yeah, that's a swear word. I am furious. What the hell is medium like? I'm off to take a chill pill. Oh dear. Yeah, they, they do. There you is can... a bit of a problem with some of the collection. I've actually walked through a snowbee before. It, you know AI what? It runs, on, it runs on Pac Man hardware. And you can do that on Pac Man. I wonder if it's something to do with that, the programming of it. Mm, you mm. get certain. It starts off all right, and they kind of ignore you sometimes, and then they just start homing in on you, like after two or three levels. The deep, uh, we, we will talk about that. Mm, Dave Flinster, 19,800. Retro Russ, 21,140. 
Not one I'd played before, surprisingly. Cute graphics and gameplay. I started off finding it fun, but as days went past, it became frustratingly difficult. Had to keep checking I had set it too easy. I don't think my brain works logically or in straight lines. Mm, this is a bit weird, this game. You've got it's a bendy really brain, pitbull, obviously. It's what? You've got a bendy brain. Really? Yeah, I reckon. Wow. That'd be something to look into, but I might need one of them. Exploding Pinball Man, 22,000. Groove Furniture, good name. 22,140. Matthew Bridge, 23,170. Drumsy, 27,360. Newt Newt. Pengu, Pengu, Pengu. Pengu. Pengo is a pretty decent game. A couple of quick goes just to submit something for the 10p score. To all those below me on the leaderboards, see below, gif of Penguin slapping its bottom. Mm. Mr. Messi, 28,100. Buttons, 29,540. Rob McCraft, 29,900. You, Sean, got 44... Where is it? 44,430. That's deserving of a... Yeah, I didn't really get into it. I like the squashing the penguins bit when you could That's do the idea it, but, of it, yeah. But I, I, on that, that score, I got three ten thousands. I got three blocks... Really? Yeah, just got lucky. And then after that, I just... Yeah, it's not for me. I, 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 I'm I, going to love beating you later on. Uh, Majok, 45,360. He beat you. Mike Orwell, 51,450. This is about as good as I'm going to get on this, I reckon. He also beat you. GJ Harris, 53,050. <laughs> Always thought I was pretty good at Pengo. Don't remember it being so finicky with the controls. Mame seems to stutter a bit with sounds. He also beat you. Mm. Mark, what no gravy, 55,750. <laughs> pattern forming here, isn't there? So close so many times, but finally posted a 50k game. Perhaps I should play more in daylight hours. Uh, he is Jimmy, 55,980. Loved it, then hated it. Then loved it, now hate it. Pengo can go and... Do, do or no pengos like a pengo goals. J Ping, 59, 150. Love this game, one of my faves. Great graphics and sound. I didn't know until recently that you can kill the bees before they hatch. I didn't until just reading this. Oh, hope you like, I hope you like that the high scoreboard was made my, by my wife, Kitty Ping. Shame she didn't like the game, so no score. He put a picture of like a little wooden board with like J Ping and a little chalk. Like it says scoreboard above it, and yeah. J Ping a little little place for a chalk score, and then Kitty Ping a little place for a chalk score, and then the name above it like Pengu. Oh, we'll, nice. have to, we'll have to put a link in the no shows. And my score, sixty six thousand two ten. Remember when I said when we revealed this game last month, I said I had a board of this a long time ago. It was one of my early boards, and I could get yeah. about sixty thousand on it. And I thought, oh, no way I can do that, and I can. Because I, I sort of remembered how to play it. We'll get onto that in a minute. So my score was sixty-six two ten. Uh, in your face. In my face. I do like an in your face now and again. Sal Bog has got eighty thousand nine hundred and ten. Yeah. I barely played Pengo in the arcades back in the eighties, but for some reason I'd always walk past this one. But once again, because of the ten P podcast, I've discovered another great game to add to my favourites list. I love the simple but fun gameplay and cute graphics with just a sprinkle of one more gore effect. My only complaint is that the music can be a bit monotonous. I did have to turn it off, mm. and the controls feel a little too loose. Yeah, he moves. Does he move? You just press a joystick, he'll move one exact block. Well, only he won't move in the middle of a block, kind of. I think so, yeah. I think it's like a grid system, yeah. He moves uh, a certain amount of space, anyway. Rygar, 81,700. 
Neil, 20 to 5, 86, 370. Love him or hate him, he has a certain swagger. Neil really liked Pengo. Uh, Graham 10 Shearer's 94,310. That's a good score. Mm, Steve Tyke in second place with 116,370. Fitted, fitted this beauty as a diamond gate this morning. Oh, yeah, he put, he put a picture of it at, like the, the see-through plastic gate you can put on like the Samwell sticks and that. Yeah. And it's enabled him to fly around corners now, but out of time to take the top spot I am. Just moved Pengo up to a great game. And beating him by just over 5,000 points is Mr Tronads with 121,300. It gets rather difficult, he says. Record it on twitch.tv. And he's recorded it live, yes. You can check it out. Tronads at... Yeah, it is just Tronads, isn't it? Twitch TV, Tronads, yeah. Yeah, I'll put the link... in the notes, so have a look. Yeah, good one. So no cool. score from Charlie Farrow. You would get well soon, mate. Yeah, he, he would have won. He definitely would have won, wouldn't he? Yeah, there's only because he hasn't played a couple of games. I think there's. I think Graham Tenshear is his second, and he might, or even Tronads, and he might be able to beat him. Right. It's, it's the only one that can beat him on because we've got two more games to play this year in the high score. Oh, okay. League. Uh, ports and sequels of this game uh, the, the favourite one I had was Pengon on the Atari 8-bit and I played it the other day and it's not as good as I remember it to be but it has a certain charm to it and the music is I love it, I just remember the music from a mile away it's really good I, I found a comparison video, I like them videos like I do ten, as well, I'm going to put the link in the show notes yeah, there's some good ones on there, but some of the music's quite good. The Game Gear version has some really funky popcorn music. Do, 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 do. Like a funky tune, like a funky beat behind it. Yeah, I do like that one. It's good. So there's quite some good versions of it, but I think a lot of the versions were rip-offs with names like you know Ice Block, Pengon, um, Mr. Freeze, Chili Willy, all that sort of stuff. There's all sorts of names... <laughs> You know, they had one on the, all the eight-bit computers, and there's, there's tons of versions of it. Cause it's, it must be quite a simple game to to produce if you're a programmer, I suppose. Uh, what do you reckon for summary improvements and the conclusion of this game, Sean? <laughs> yeah, like you, like like you've said, I've put all my comments in annoy or enjoy. Yeah, I think the only real thing Pengo needs to do, and I found this early on in the game, is he needs to crush the ice blocks a bit quicker or get a blowtorch. Mm. Penguin with a blowtorch would be unstoppable. Yeah, but that, that's the only thing. But I think the idea is, I watched a video of someone like doing two loops of this, like thirty-two levels, and what they did is they made sure when they were running around the place they had an exit. So if a penguin, uh, if a snowbee does start following you, and after a while they do, you've got an easy way out because you can outrun the the, the snowbees. But when you're when you're crushing blocks, it slows you down considerably, and they just get you. So what, what they tended to do, and what I tended to do with my play, when I started playing a bit better, and I was getting, I usually get the 50,000-odd points when I'm sort of playing it for a little while. I usually get 50K or 55K, but I did get 66 one time. And what I tend to do is is smash a few snowbees quickly to get rid of them, to out, out of the way, and leave like two or three on the screen, because they, they don't really bother you if you're not near them. And then you can try and concentrate on getting the, the fancy diamond blocks together to get the big bonuses. And then when you get the bonuses, it stuns them. Then get them with a... Every time you stun them, rather than just running over them, unless there's a load of them ganging up on you, 
just run them over to get rid of them quickly if they're in the way, if they're going to get you. And otherwise, get a block together, you know, sort of take a little bit of time, get the block, and then squash them. Especially if you get multiples of them when they're stunned. You can get like, you know, as you can get up to 6,400 points for it. But I tended not to quickly do the levels unless unless the the diamond blocks were so far apart you just couldn't get them or you ran out of time. Because when, mm. when you've got one Snowbee left, he tends to bugger off, he tends to blob and just disappears. So you haven't got time to do it. But every, every now and again, I did have time where I, the Snowbee was just about to disappear and I threw up the last diamond block and got the bonus, which is quite good. You can get it just as the Snowbee's disappearing as well. And one time, I sent you a picture of it, didn't I? Mm. I, I managed to crash the game. I don't know how I did it, but I crashed the game yeah. and there were Snowbees on the left-hand bottom corner of the screen on, on the wall, stuck on the wall, and they couldn't move, but I could still kill them and it kept regenerating. And the timer wouldn't. The timer doesn't do anything. It didn't run out of time, and it kept putting them back. I kept killing them. More would come up. and kept killing them until I had no blocks left. And and when you get the diamond blocks together, if they're against the wall, you can't get them off the wall again. So I was just left with my penguin in the middle doing nothing, nothing on the screen, and just these snowbees stuck on the wall on the left hand side. I had to reset it to get again back to working again. See, I I crashed it on my cab. Did you? The, yeah, I just remembered that. Every time you booted it up, it was like you just killed the, the pengo and you, you ran off to the right. Like, it was like sort of a, a mix of the the end of level screen. That wasn't... You didn't set the dip switch to rack advance, did you? No, I don't think so. Because when you set it to rack advance... I did it once when I reset it by accident, pressed the wrong button. What it does is the game starts, does the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, does the, the, the maze, and it just... Completely does the game straight away and gives you a thousand points. And the next level does again, same game, next, 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 next. Just keeps doing that, keeps advancing through the levels. And that sounds like what you did there. All right. I just I went I had to go in and just delete the config file and it was fine. I bet it was that. If you if you go, go on it in a minute and put the rack advance on and see what it does, I bet it's doing that. Because Pac Man's got exactly the same, where it just spins you through the levels, just keeps doing it through the levels. Ooh. So. Enjoy. Well, what I've written here is I started to enjoy it, but ended it for about 20 minutes and then ended up annoyed. Clunky controls, clunky controls, dodgy collision, collision detection at times. Too many delay on characters' movement after crushing blocks. Enemy AI goes from crap to evil, <laughs> which probably probably is a good thing. But I, I found it very difficult to, to get the to line up the snow bees and get them because they're quite clever. Either earlier, you can't wait behind a block, so I won't come near it. You have to get them as they're running past it. Or no, <laughs> definitely not. Anyway, I'm not really keen on it in Anoia. I think it's a really fantastic and original idea. So hence there's so many other different bootlegs of it, different versions. Mm. It's a great idea for a game, but it was improved upon, I think, by Don't Pull, which we covered. Yeah. Which was part of that Three Wonders. Yep, one three. Capcom yeah. Three Wonders board. Mm. And Pirate Ship Higamaru, I think they're both better games. Have you played Pirate Ship Higamaru? <laughs> For about three or four minutes, because you you pick up the barrels, don't you? You need to play that a bit more. It is it's one of my favourite games. I really like Pirate Ship Higamaru. It was the it's the first game we ever did on a podcast, wasn't it? When me and Alex did, it. I think it was the first game we ever did. 
Yeah, and so, it, yeah. it is one. It's honestly one of my favourite horizontal games. I absolutely love Higamaru. It's a brilliant game. But the thing with Higamaru, it's very like this, where you've got a maze, but you're on a pirate ship and you've got barrels, and there's like drunken sailors coming around. You've got to try and get. But there's secrets involved in that. There's some secrets mm. you can find, and you can actually pick the barrels up and run around with them, and then throw them. That's the difference between that and Pengo. Pengo, you just shove the blocks, and that's yeah. all you can do. Yeah. But it's really clever. It's a really good little game. I love it. It's so cute. Capcom cute. And I would like to have a board of that, but they're very expensive. They're rare as hell. It's like a 1,500 quid board, that is easy. God, the, the Don't Pull is, is like, is a bit, bit more bells and whistles than Pengo, but it's a lot more immediate. You push the blocks immediately. Yes, very it's, fast, it's, yeah. It's quicker, yeah. I've actually like got it's... the board of that. I've got a Three Wonders board. Ooh. It was the one I got in Weymouth. I actually played as a kid. I bought a load of boards from the arcade operator years later, and it was the one I used to play as a kid. I remember it being in the arcade. Ooh. It's really cool. So for me, it started off as, ooh, I remember this game, and I started playing it, and I couldn't get into it. It annoyed me. But then mm. when I watched this video of how to play it, I remembered how to play it properly, and the idea of, you know, get rid of the block. Don't don't just try and get the diamonds, because you won't do it when they run around. Get rid of a few penguins as quick as you can. And if you can't get the diamonds, just get rid of the snowbees. You know, just do the level. Start the next one. And I got into it again, and I really liked it, and I enjoyed it. But one thing that is very good playing on MAME, rather than a cabinet or a mister or the proper arcade hardware, is on MAME, when you get the, the little dance every two levels, intermissions, it was boring me because i kept playing it and kept playing it and kept getting into mm. it and it takes a few seconds to do it i was just pressing f10 to whiz it through yeah so that is quite a good thing to do but it is a charming little game and it's got a load of little sort of things you didn't see in games back in 1982 like intermissions obviously pac-man had it in 81 but there wasn't mm. many games that had those little cute intermissions i think it was really nice like that obviously the, the snowbees change color and stuff and the game's got different sort of mazes and things but the, my better version that i liked better is I played a different bootleg version as well. There is a bootleg version of Pengo that runs on Pac-Man hardware, because it's virtually the mm. same hardware. But the music sounds much more synthesised. Right. And it also, the, the maze draws immediately. It doesn't do the, the drawing of it. It just It's on the screen immediately, and your game gets going a lot quicker. And I think the sound effects are better on the, on the bootleg version. Is, is the mazes, are they random, do you think? No. There's 16 different mazes... And right. when I play on MAME, you get the same level every time when it plays. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be randomised on the on actual hardware. I don't know. But I've got a feeling... I think it is patterned. I think you can pattern you know, getting the barrels, getting the, the diamond blocks together. You can move the barrels in a certain way. But the thing that changes it, the dynamic, is the snowbees are unpredictable sometimes. And they will crush blocks you're using to line up... Sometimes you can use a barrel to line up a diamond block. And if they're yeah. in the way and they start moving your flipping things out of the way, you, your diamond blocks won't line up. And it, they're a bit of a pain in the ass doing that. But I yeah. found if you, if you run past them, you can run past them and they won't follow you. And other times they will. If, you go, if you're down the bottom of the screen and you're against a wall and there's one above you, for instance, if you go left, it'll follow you left. You go right, it'll follow you right. Go left, it'll follow you left until it gets you. In that instance, you're knackered, basically. I don't think you can outrun them when they're doing that, especially if you've got like blocks in the way, it'll get you. But it, the yeah. one thing that really annoyed me, like you said earlier, is when you, you wobble the wall and they're against the wall, if they're closing in on you, 
they will get you because it takes a second or one or two block movements for them to stop and, and, mm. and, and you know get stunned. And that is a bit annoying. And I did find a few times I did actually run through a, pen, uh, a Snowbee, which is very similar to what you can do on Pac-Man when you can, in a certain occasion, you can run through a ghost and you won't get killed. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really oh. enjoyed it. I sort of, I didn't like it when I didn't realise how I could play it. And I think a lot of our players didn't learn how to play it properly. It's like certain games like Donkey Kong, for instance, and Pac-Man, they've got certain rules to the game. If you don't, don't adhere to those rules, you'll never get that far in it. And this mm. game's one of those. And I've put, um, I think I've put a link to the video I was watching. If you want to get better at this game, watch this video and it'll give you a load of good hints. It's really good. And the player on that does like 32 levels without losing a life, I think, which is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's there is the random movement. I suppose it's good that it's random movement for the snow bees really it keeps it interesting but i think when you when you do crush too many blocks they gang up on you a bit they go for you and then when they get quicker later on when it's about the you know levels about to end they, they sort of go a bit quicker but the last one will always try and get away so that's the, the perfect opportunity to try and get the, the diamond blocks together the diamond blocks is the key to getting big scores but if you can't get them yeah don't worry about it just finish the level off try the next level yeah, definitely. But I, I enjoyed it. I really, I, I thought I might when I first started playing it. I thought, ah, oh God, I can't remember how to play it. This is going to really bug me. But then I started playing it better, and I sort of went to a case where, if I was dying early on, I just reset the game and start again because I was getting a bit annoyed by it. And I tried to play yesterday when I was doing some more the last parts of the notes on the website, and I just, I just couldn't be bothered. I was like, no, I'm not into it tonight, and I didn't play. You know, I've got to be in the right mood to play it as well. I think. But yeah. usually I was getting like fifty, fifty-five thousand. I got a lucky sixty-six thousand. I think I got a sixty as well. So yeah, it was a bit of a fluke getting that score, but I'm happy with it. Yeah, not one I'll be coming back to. I'm afraid. Oh what? Oh, I've just seen the game you're picking. Oh, hello. Right. Next show's game. This has been on my radar, like like your IPA. radar. Like IPA and white chocolate Toblerone. It's been on my radar for quite a while. Mm. And it is City Connection. Right. City Connection from Jalico, 1985. Yeah. And it's a strange game. It's a bit like, you know, we're talking about Jump Bug. It's a bit like Jump Bug. It's like a levels game, isn't it? It's like um, you're in a car Mm. and it's got like girder levels like Donkey Kong. And you're going left to right, a little bit like Son Son. It's, no, it's, you can scroll it left and right and jump, and it's oh, okay. wrap, wrap around like flicky. But I think they're at least three screens wide. And you've got to colour the platforms in. That's all you got to oh, do. Oh, like Bounty Bob Strikes Back. Yeah, mine are twenty forty nine. You got to colour the platforms in and dodge okay. stuff. I have never played this. I've seen it loads of times. I've never played it. I think it's quite good. I've had ten minutes on it. It yeah, better be good, good, Sean, for this podcast. Oh yeah, the ROM is CityCon. C-I-T-Y-C-O-N Lives 3 Default Difficulty Easy Default Extra Lives I think there is some but there's no documentation to say how you get them Okay, so, so there's no setting, it doesn't matter does it? No And you can submit your score for this game You can email the site vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can send a picture if you like but you don't need to, we'll believe your score uh, on Twitter as hashtag 10p score, hashtag 10pscore, or Facebook as a comment on the podcast post. Uh, you can also go on the rather lovely Sidekick app, which I de- think everyone should buy and download. It's only cheap, it's really good. You can talk to us on UKVAC, 
uh, telepathy, postal chicken, whatever you like. Yeah. And the deadline for score submissions is 24th of November, 1700 GMT, because we've just put the clocks back. Yes. So it's Greenwich Mean Time. Greenwich is mean. It's right oh, mean I know. this time. It's, it's taking definitely. an hour off her. It's a mean bugger. Ooh, yeah, but it does give it back getting... later on. Yeah, yeah, in the spring. Spring forward, fall back. Wise Next words year. from Mr. Holly there. Or, or, month, yeah. you decide. Yeah. Nonsense. It's anyway, nice. thank yeah. you for podcasting me, Sean. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't like Penguin, but you were wrong. Penguin's very good. It's all right. It, it's a good, like I said, it's a good game style that I think was improved upon by other games. Yeah, Higamaru is one of my favourite games, so definitely. But it paved the way. Thanks, Sega. And thank you, Sean. And I will talk to you, hopefully before next month, but um, yeah, we're playing City Connection. Uh, thanks for listening, kids, and goodbye. Thank you, kids. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.